Welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard McLean. I am Robert Norton. And this is Please Leave a Message. Call us at 801-SKETCH-1. That's 801-753-8241. You can find us at Instagram, at Message Podcast, or you can email us at pleasepodcast at gmail.com. And we will continue with Robert Norton now. Do you know who Kyle Baker is? A writer? Artist. Or an artist? Okay, artist. I know the name's familiar. Okay. Um, the name wasn't familiar to me at all, um, but you told me you didn't have any found audio to share with us. Sure. Which is fine. Not everybody does. And I realized when you told me that, that usually I, I at least got a couple things in the wings, stuff I've come across. And I was like, man, I, I haven't really been looking lately because I haven't been doing the podcast as much lately. But then I remembered I had something. Uh-huh. And I searched the house and I couldn't find it. I, I don't know where it is. Again, it's going to turn up tomorrow probably. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I found some pieces of it online. So one of my friends got married a few years ago. And for his bachelor party, we did a comic book scavenger hunt. So we had a list of comic books. And we hit like every single comic book store from the north of Salt Lake Valley to the south of Utah Valley. We just like went from comic book store to comic book store. And we we're... Is there that many to go to? There's actually... Okay. Surprisingly <laughs> a lot. When you look it up, there was... It took us all day. Wow. To hit them all. And, and we skipped a few when we got to the end because we we're just like, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we hit all these comic book shops and we like, we all had like a, a budget. Mm-hmm. Like a certain amount of money to spend to try and find these things that were on this this list. I don't even remember what the list was. But in addition to trying to find the scavenger hunt stuff, we were also buying stuff that we found. Sure. So I found this comic and I picked it up because it had a cassette tape that came with it. That's different. Yeah. And so it's called Break the Chain, a psychosonic comic. Uh, It was done in 1994. Arts by Kyle Baker. That's why I asked if Mm -hmm. you... And it says, featuring the voice and music of KRS-One, who is some hip-hop rap dude who I've never heard of. Never heard of. And it's like, it's a Marvel comic. It says, see it, hear it on there. And it was like $7. It's polybagged and it comes with this cassette tape with it. I'm into audio and so I'm like, I gotta pick that up. And it's used, so it's like a buck, right? (laughs) (laughs) You don't feel bad if it's horrible. Right, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, but I I got it home and the bag's never been opened. And so like, I still haven't opened it because I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. But I found some of the, I found the tape posted on youtube bless the internet right so I, I listened to some of it today to see if it would work and i think it will psycho sonic
Check this out. Let me introduce you to four kids living in the city. But before we go into that, listen to this. Every time you hear, you turn the page, like now. Foolish earthlings, fear me. Change your displeasure shall bless you with my mighty eyeball rays. Zap! That's what he says. He's crazy. Who will save us? Hey, Buck. Buck. What? Yo, turn that thing off, man. What type of garbage are you listening to this time? Your new album, Crash. <laughs> yeah, okay. You see my sister? No. Yo, how come you always gotta pick on my headphones? Oh, you got that Jurassic boombox. Jurassic? Let me tell you something. Yo, Big Joe, Crash! What's up, Malcolm? You seen Manisha? Nah, not today, G. Yo, you go by the school? Yeah, I was by the school, but you know, they over there. But you large now. You mad large. Look, look, man, you don't even know large. You don't understand the real hip-hop. I'm just saying now, you got your album out. You got to make sure you stay hooked Hey, up. Joe. Hey, Bo. Hey, Manisha, I've been looking for you. Yeah, what you want? Yo, what's up with that? You didn't say what's up to me? Please. Word. Come on, man, this is serious, Manisha. I just found out you've been playing hooky from school. It's serious. But does mom know? Well, not yet, but... You're not going to tell her, are you? Well, do that, Crash. Yo. Wow, you turn your own sister in? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know, but... Thanks, Joe. You aight. Yeah. yeah, now all we got to do is get you a walk. That's it. Yo, give me that tape. Hey, I pay for that tape. Come on, man, give me that tape. All y'all got is these super bass walkings. I mean, they are aight. But if you really want the hip-hop bass, you got to have a boom box, man. All y'all got is these videos. <laughs> Check this out. Talking about that school thing, Manisha. Yeah, I don't need school. I'm gonna be a singer. Singer? Better learn to read. But I can't read. I got connections in the music. Look, I'm telling you, Manisha, you're missing out. You gotta learn something. At least start with your culture. Zach, I know my 
culture, Malcolm X, Harry Tubman, Marcus Garvey, oh, Frederick Douglass, Nat Turner. I don't know Nat look, Turner. Look, 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 knowing your culture is not about knowing a few names of a few famous black people. It's about knowing the truth about where you come from and who you are. Where? Anyway, it goes on for like 20 minutes. That's really interesting. It's like this whole comic about, like I listened to most of it today. It's like about learning your black history and who published that? Marvel. That was a Marvel. Was so, and you said it ninety four. Ninety four. Well, that's when the industry bubble had blown up, I think, and everything was tanking. So, I wonder if they were just throwing out anything like, let's try and get something to latch on yeah, to. I'm like, wondering. There's one issue. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I mean, the the beats were not bad. I was like, this guy kind of. A, this, this well, because that guy's gone on and he's like got a. A career and like you can pull him up on Spotify. He's yeah. got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know if I'd have any interest in a comic that does that on a regular basis at all. Like, have you? Um, did you see the Maximum Sound one? Do you remember I, the Max? The comic series, the Max, yeah. with, by yeah. Sam Keith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they did a similar thing with that where you could send in some money and they'd send you a tape, and it was I think it was just the first issue, but it was like completely. Heck, sound I'll, developed like that. All you needed was watch the animated show they did. That, as well, I, I recall, think, that I was like it, it was line for line, it, it art was. for art. That was. The, sh- the book, which it was, was great. But they did the tape thing first. Okay, maybe that led into that. Yeah, I, I probably did. I found the copy of that too. That's awesome. I, I played that on one of the episodes. Or I a part of it on one of the episodes, and that was kind of cool because it's like, it's like, oh yeah, because it really reminded me of the of the cartoon, but it was like different actors and the pacing was a little bit different. Yeah, but yeah, like that's not something that I would want to do regularly. But and I'm big into it's it's a fun thing, music and stuff like that to help with a a story like mm-hmm. movies and TV and stuff like that. But I don't know with comics, I you know you kind of. I just like reading a book. Like, you're kind of in your own head and kind right. of feeling that all in. I don't know if that really... Well, uh, obviously, it hasn't played out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that wasn't a thing. I mean, even with something as good as the Max. Yeah. That was a weird book. It was too... I, I appreciate it, especially now on an artistic level, but it was... Oh, it's uh, weird. I felt like there was something being said or expressed, and I was too stupid to understand. Yeah. Like, I don't get this. I I where 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 is my spawn? <laughs> that I followed, I could follow as a dumb kid or wildcats, but I did not get it. So the Max, like I bought a bunch of issues back in the day, and then like years later, when I was just digging through the bins, I I picked up a whole bunch more just because I I dig the art. Yeah, the story's wild, but I dig the art, and so I I've, I'm missing I think six issues. So I've read as much as I could. Yeah. And there is, there's like some social underlying thing going on. It's something about and rape and abuse and just how the mind deals with those kind of things. Yeah. But I, I don't know, like you get to the last issue and I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't understand what the resolution is supposed to be. Did it have a definitive end? It didn't just kind of fade out and stop. Did no, it have it, like, it this ended. was the end? It ended. Okay. That's good. I like that. Uh, it, it, if I'm remembering properly, I think it just ended. And yeah, I, I still, it's still a little fuzzy as to what. I'd probably get a lot more out of it now, but at the time when we were 16, 17, 18, I'm like, I don't, he clearly had a vision. Yeah. He had something he was trying to say and do and express and be different. And the artwork was amazing, but I, dad, it was, it was beyond me. <laughs> I did not understand. So I got a couple issues of it, but eventually like, I, 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 I don't know what to say about this. anymore. there's too many, you know, that era. I don't know how you were in 
collecting at the time, but man, I was getting all of that stuff. I never had a job in high school, so I never oh, had money. I. Yeah. So what comics I did get were like what I could talk my parents into buying. I could get some money by doing chores around the sure. house. And so yeah. like, I wasn't the person that went to the comic book store and I bought comics. Like we would go to, you remember NPS? Did you ever go to that store? I don't think so. So it's, it's up in Salt Lake. It's a freight damage store. And so like their inventory is just the most random inventory on the planet. And every once in a while they would have comics. Yeah. And so I would just buy whatever they had. And it was like never, it was like always just weird stuff. Yeah. Or sometimes there was a, it's had like six names now, so I can't remember what it was at the time, but they had comics once in a while and I'd, yeah. I'd get those. From buying those, that's where I learned that I like Marvel characters, but I wasn't really into Marvel comics. Really? Yeah. I it, I like the characters and I like <clears throat> the ideas behind them and I like the, the overarching stories. But I couldn't sit down and read a Marvel comic. I would fall asleep every time. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I was all about the Marvel books. That was most interesting when I started. And then I followed the creators, which, I mean, I still kept getting some of the stuff I was following with Marvel, but, you know, it's following the artists. But Marvel was where it was at for me. DC was too, I don't know. See, and cerebral. And I wanted dumb down. I don't know. That's weird because I, I felt like Marvel comics were just too wordy. They took too long to say what they were trying to say. Yeah. And it, it bored me. Yeah. <laughs> DC comics, I felt like they just told the stories pretty straightforward. They didn't try to embellish the, the text. Yeah. that's Because that's what drove me nuts. Like, I had a Spider-Man comic and I was just like, there's more text on the page than art. Oh, my. Right. Yes. Yeah, sometimes there's a balance. I didn't like that. And so, like, the only comic, like, I talked my parents into getting me a subscription to Superman. So I had all four titles of Superman. I had a subscription. And they just came to my door. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I was all about, okay, comics come in Wednesdays. I've got to get there. Because they just throw them on the spinner rack at the place uh -huh. I used to go. And if you don't get there and get it, <laughs> one of my biggest frustrations as a young man, and it's sort of relevant today, is um, they were doing the Infinity Gauntlet comic series. Did okay. you read that original? I did not. It was amazing. I didn't know a lot of the... I was aware of a lot of the peripheral characters, but mostly the X-Men, because that was the thing at the time. But I was aware of all these other characters, but I didn't read them. But it was an amazing, like, everything's going to hell. Like, this is terrible. And so issue four was when the battle happened. Okay. Like, the main battle. There's three issues of, here's the drama here's the buildup. We're all gathered and we're going. And I was like, I can't wait for this. So I go to their store and I'm looking at the spinner rack. And one of my buddies from school comes rolling. Hey, what's up, Norn? He rolls up and he kind of flips the thing and grabs the last copy. And I'd been standing there for like five minutes. Oh. And it was, it was that issue. It's where Thanos is standing on the front with his fingers, like saying like, come get it or something like that. And I didn't get to read it for weeks later. And I was, I was like, that was mine. He's like, Oh, it's not. It's mine. You didn't have it. I was so frustrated. Oh, this whole man. spinner rack, like, if you don't get there and get it, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how X-Men number one was. I remember going to that shop and X-Men number one by Jim Lee right. in 91, I think it was. There was none on the rack, so I went to the gal. I'm like, did you guys sell out? She's like, no, we have them behind the counter because people keep trying to steal them. I'm like, oh, can I have one, please? <laughs> and I... I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I got to go see Jim Lee. Right. Yeah. He signed that copy. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, this is like, like all these worlds coming together. The same copy I've had since that time when I was a kid and got it. And now he's physically touched it and signed it. It was amazing. Yeah. I like, I could have arranged my schedule to get up there that day, but it was just like, there was so many things to juggle. I was talking to somebody else that had gone up there. Oh, uh, Jake Putnam. 
Yeah. I, I was talking yep. to him and I'm like, Jim Lee's cool. Like he's awesome. Yeah. But seems he's like not, a good he, guy. He's like, not like my obsession. He was never my obsession. If, yeah. if that had been Frank Cho, I would have dropped everything, everything to be there. To be there. Oh, it was, I mean, I, there's very few experiences where I would use the term magical. And I know that sounds silly. The line was not huge to start. We got there early enough. Me and my brother, mm-hmm. you had to do a minimum of two things to sign. So I'm like, what do I, oh, there's so many things. And there he is. He's just, he's a small man, yeah. diminutive in size, but I only got to have like a minute or two with him, but he's very friendly. And I'm like, I walked away from that glowing mm-hmm. and at the biggest smile on my face. And I could not, I was like, this is so awesome. It was just a brief, in, you know, just, a, hey, how you doing? Take a picture, sign your book. Good to see you. Thank you. Because when I was growing up and first started getting into art, there's no one's art was more amazing than Jim Lee's art. It's kind of faded. It's not quite that powerful to me anymore. There's right. other people, but at the time, so to meet this guy, I was just on cloud nine. I it can was understand so that. great. I understand that. I was like when I got to go to Jim Fosgate's house. Yeah. You know, the inventor of Dolby Pro Logic <laughs> surround sound. <laughs> I just, I still like, I've, I've gotten to go to his house like four or five times yeah. at this point. And every time I was just like, I'm so happy I'm to so be excited. here. Yes, it's so great. And you know what? He seemed, Jim Lee seemed genuinely like, I know he's seen millions of people through his, in his day. Oh, yeah. Because he's had a career like all these peaks that one person would be happy to have one. He's got like 10. Right. And But he made it feel like, you know. Hey, I know what I would have taken though. What would you have taken? I would have taken, I have a Jim Lee Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. From what kind of time it's, in his era? It's, it's a toy. I don't oh, know. It came out. Okay. But he did. He he designed the Ninja Turtles okay. in his style. That sounds familiar. And then, like, they had little tiny mini comics that came with the toys. And I have the Donatello. Great. That's what I would have taken. Because you could take two things. It would be number two. Probably the little comic that came with sure. it. Sure. I would have had signed this and signed this. Signed this and signed this, yeah. I had him sign that X-Men number one. And then I've got a big black and white collection of the Hush okay. series that he did. Which, it was not my favorite series. It was fine, but I got it because it's black and white. It's the pure artwork. Yeah, I and love so that so he stuff. signed it in gold ink on the front cover. Oh, this is so wonderful. It, yeah. it was hard to pare it down to what should I have him sign? Wildcats number one, X-Men, Uncanny X. I, oh, my gosh. This is not easy. I had all this stuff spread out. Just process of elimination. <laughs> not this one. Not this one. No, maybe this one. <laughs> so, Jake, did you hear what he did? Took all his kids. Yes. And you had them all have two things. Right. So we got like, I don't know, 50 things signed for all I know. That's that's like me on free comic book day. It's like I take my kids with me. I hit three comic book shops. I yes. get everything I want. Oh, I was brilliant when I, I, I don't know if I talked to him or I, I heard that. I'm like, that's brilliant. I have no way to do that, but <laughs> that was genius. So Well, and he's got like a gajillion kids too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's. I've been trying to get him on the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> Difficult to track some people down sometimes. Yeah. It'd be interesting to get Jeremy in here. I would love to have Jeremy. In fact, I think I talked to Jeremy about doing it at FanX. Yeah. There was about three. I think I talked to three or four people at FanX, and I'm like, I need to have you come be on my podcast. I don't know if it's positive. It'd be interesting to get like all of us in here one time. That would be cool. Right? That would be so I, cool. I say that interjecting myself into the group of you who were friends way before I ever came along, but you guys are my But that's the thing. Like, group from school. To me, I'm telling you, I thought I knew Brian in ninth grade. I thought that's when we met. Mm-hmm. That's when my friendship with Brian began. Yeah. Apparently his was, signatures in my seventh grade year. Apparently, he was at least two years earlier, maybe. I don't know how that happened. 
I I thought I didn't even know who he was. Like I knew he was a friend of Jake and Jeremy's. Yeah. In my head, this is how, and this just shows how bad memory is. That's a thousand years ago. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like they they've done studies, and like so much of the stuff we remember is so wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. There were these people they interviewed immediately after 9-11 and they interviewed them every year for 10 years interesting and like on the 10 year anniversary of 9-11 they said well on the on the day of you said this and people were like are you kidding me that's not what happened but it's like yeah we but, recorded it but that's what you said the first day wow when your memory was fresh yes. that's what you said yeah 10 years later your story's completely changed yes so you can't really trust memory for sure so in my memory like my first memory of brian and his mm. we've had this conversation and it's the same memory for okay the two of us the little mermaid came out i've never seen that movie <laughs> and he had he had the cassette tape well i'm a huge disney fan you know that mm. he had the cassette tape of the soundtrack okay yeah that's familiar i had this art of animation book i remember the story and you swapped him right yeah we traded <laughs> yes but I didn't know. Who he, I I don't remember knowing who he was. I just knew he was a friend of Jeremy's. Okay. And and I feel like this transaction took place through Jeremy. <laughs> you never met, but we, I know a never guy met. who yeah. does this. Yeah. So like, I he, Jeremy saw me looking at the movie. He's like, I know a guy that's got the soundtrack, kind of a thing. And so like this this exchange happened. That's funny. Which is that that's what I remember. And um, but I, I I don't. What year did that come out? Anyway, were were you in that group of us? It's like, I think right after graduation of high school, either right after or maybe barely right before that all went and saw Batman forever. And then we were running around some school yard after the fact at night, laughing and joking around. Were you there? I don't remember seeing that. Brian was there. Jeremy was there. I, Jake. I, I did film a movie, a Batman movie with Brian. I've done that with him. I think everyone's filmed the Batman movie with Brian. Because <laughs> he was such Guess a big who film. who owns the cowl now. That... One yeah. that he had? Yeah. That is so awesome. I have the cowl now. Did he just sell it to you or give it no, to you? No, he just, was just getting rid of crap. Just, I don't need this. We're He's not like, going to do this anymore. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> that was some of the funnest because he was always wanting to make film. And I get it. But it was like having the right equipment to really make it. Otherwise, it's we kind of wanted to make him serious, but they end up looking funny. Right. So sometimes better just to go funny. But there was this one clip he did where it was just like, like a Superman bit. Did you see the one where he's intercutting it with scenes from the first Christopher I Reeve movie? So. He's like in front of a mirror, combing his hair and then zipping out. It's the funniest stuff. He's legit talented. Yeah, he, he's he, got a real he sense really for is. storytelling and, and humor and everything. And I'm like, this is this is pure genius right here. Oh, yeah. I think wherever, it's hilarious. <laughs> my whole life, wherever I've been, Brian's been like yes. leaps and bounds ahead of me. He's brilliant. And, and I, when I finally catch up to him, he's just... And you know what's funny about him? And I'm sure he'll hear this, And I, but he always thinks he's way less talented than he actually yeah. is. He, I like this comic that he's been working on, and I think he got oh, this whole so good the the myth, yeah, full color and everything. I'm like, this is brilliant. Put this out, and he's like, I had to rewrite it. It's not right. It's not the story. And I get it. I get the I get that creative like noodling, but I'm like, and for me, I have to keep telling myself this. Like the comic I'm working on, the the He Man fan comic. There's artwork that I've done that's 10 years old in issue one and two and three. I'm like, I could do this so much better. But if I keep redoing it, I'll never get You'll done. You'll never finish. So just, it's okay. And my brother has to kind of push, like something, just set it aside and keep going. One of my favorite sayings, mantras, yes. is perfection is the enemy of complete. 
There you go. And you know what's funny? Someone else will look at your work and go, there's nothing you could change that would make it any better. It is perfect as it is. Right. And you're like, it's a sloppy mess. Like, yeah. No. But I get that. That's the artist yeah. thing. I've done stuff. Have you had this problem where you do something and then you look at it 15 years later and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this today. Yes. It's so strange. Yes. I, I was a horrible artist then, but I don't think I could produce this I, thing. I'll show you. Yes, please. I found this just the other day. <laughs> and it is right here. Everything I did in high school. Oh my gosh. I, st- I have a pile of stuff like that. Yep. I still have the, the same folder. What was that thick black paper with duct tape? I have mine. I think it was a little bigger. I still have my folder just like that. I was like looking that. at this the other day and I'm like, I don't draw like this. Like, I, I could not. How did I do this then? I could not do this today. There is this no way. looks so familiar. I s- forgot about this. There's absolutely no way that I could produce that Straight today. up 11 by 17 black and white lettered comic book. And, and it's not even legitimate Bristol. It's just like poster, poster board. board that, <laughs> that we I, chop up. Yep. It's all we had. Yeah. I can just walk into an arts and crafts store and there's blue line paper for 15 bucks for 24 pages or something like this. This is so great. This looks good. I uh, I get it. It's Cypress High School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this takes me back, man. I remember seeing these at a glance. I love looking at stuff like this. Like the one that like blew me away was... Stippling? I could never have the patience for that. I think I remember you doing that. Well, it's like I love stippling and crosshatch. I don't have the patience for it. It takes so much time. I don't. Yes. Uh, crosshatching I can do. There's a certain degree of it that I can do. But like I was looking at this stuff and I was just like... like especially this page. This is the one I was looking at. I was like, like I don't think I could do that today. <laughs> I just Lord, I remember you did a character with the guy with the big hat and a cape. I remember that. And just yeah, like there's depth and background and castles and waterfalls and I, there's and it, so much going on on that. It is. 94. That was you were 17. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating sometimes look at we did so long ago and like I don't know if I could reproduce this and, and it's, the thing is I feel like I just kind of whipped this out. Yeah. Sometimes, like, just sitting down and just letting something happen is the best way. Just, I don't care how this turns out. Let's just go. Well, that's um, one of the guys that I met down here who now teaches the figure drawing class at UVU, which is crazy because he's completely self-taught. And before he taught that figure drawing class, he'd never really done figure drawing. Wow. He was just really good at it. Just natural talent. Yeah, just natural talent. He did a streaming video thing the other day. Clip Studio Pro. I, I use no digital. I've okay. heard of these things. So Clip, Photoshop I use It a used little, to be but, called Manga Studio. I've heard of that, yes. And so, and, but they've changed the name to Clip Studio Pro because they want more than just manga artists using it. Yeah. And it's, but it's really, 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 like all the comic artists that have started using it, they're like, I don't do Photoshop anymore because it's just, not only is it as good as Photoshop for painting and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's got all these tools built in it just for doing comic books. Have you seen McFarlane's digital work that he does on Facebook? Like, he'll just show you just drawing on yeah. a giant... Di- yeah. I, it looks as good as if he was doing it by hand. Yeah. It's amazing, but yeah. I, I have that big Wacom that he has. Yeah. That's what I have in my office at work. I'm so jealous. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes, I, I believe it's it. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. <laughs> Clip Studio, they had him do a streaming online class the other day, which I watched. And he has these books that he puts out. So he calls them, he calls these drawings his Dukes. Dukes? And he explained that on the podcast thing because, you know, Duke, a Dukey is poop. 
Yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> that's what I think of. Yeah. So he calls these his poops. This is just his, his art that he doesn't care about, that he's just noodling around and figuring out what he's doing. And just looking at page one, I'm always like, wow, this is... Yeah, he's wow. so good. Just absolutely so good. Whether it's more realistic or pushed into cartoony. This is hard to look at guys that do this stuff because I struggle to call myself an artist because I feel like sometimes I'm just so below level and I see the stuff that people do. So I understand that, uh, but I came to a realization maybe three, four years ago when I started doing these drawings. The, the that, more that, cartoony? The, the, that top one there, that's that's my family. Yeah, yeah. I recognize. And I was drawing in that style for a while and I was doing all kinds of characters in that style just for fun. And I came to this realization that that's my thing and why have i been trying to do this other stuff for so long sure that's just not my thing yeah and i just kind of leaned into it and like this is my current sketchbook and so i just kind of i leaned into doing that and this is like a crazy improvement over uh, just a really short amount of time, it, especially with the marker work. Yeah, it looks great. Simple, but you get the idea. Yeah, it was, and it's just when I leaned into that, I'm like, oh, I found home. You found where you can live. Yeah, yeah. I found like my spot, I and I like, I, and I can live in this space, and I can look at that stuff and just marvel at how wonderful it is. Yeah, and 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 all of that imposter syndrome just kind of faded away yeah it's a struggle i i hope that i channel it in a way to help push me to get better because i definitely want to be like i'm i like traditional comic book stuff i don't draw cartoony i can't it just doesn't fit with me which i totally understand i originally started going cartoony well i it's my very first drawing book how to draw mickey mouse and friends hey and it's a little golden book oh, man memories that little symbol but you know what it takes real skill to know how to draw like this but you got to start right. somewhere I, I mean that's that's kind of where i started and i've been obsessed with disney since that time i loved the art of animation but it was always disney animation for me yes warner brothers i liked it but i was never it never spoke to me like the disney stuff did i'm more of the classic chuck jones warner right. brothers right which no, is which i totally understand sure, because yeah, the yeah. art is just it's there yeah it really is there oh yeah but but the Disney stuff is what spoke to me. So it's kind of weird that it, it took me so long to just lean into that. Come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. But for a while, it was, I mean, that was the 90s. It was. Right? And, and it looked amazing. And I still, that's, I, I'm hoping to, with my stuff, to find a balance of still have that kind of energy and excitement. That's something that I was talking with an artist friend recently who grew up with that era. And he's like, broad brushing it. It feels like comics don't have the same artistic excitement and energy. And I don't know if it's just because I'm an old man now, per se. Mm -hmm. I'm 42, but it's different. But it doesn't, there's such competent, amazing artists. But the energy and the vibrant. So I try to combine that and make it not too dumbed down. Okay. If that makes sense. You know what my favorite, my favorite comic artist right now is Scotty Young. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in particular, I hate Fairyland. Yeah. I, I don't know about that, oh but I'm aware gosh. of the artist. It for is sure. so good. <laughs> it's like so cartoony, but so over the top violent that it's ridiculous. <laughs> that weird combination of. Oh my gosh. Cartoony I... and violent. Oh, wow. <laughs> That is hilarious just looking at the cover. <laughs> I've never seen this. What a brilliant way to get your attention. 
this <laughs> art with that yeah, subject matter kind like, of it's just so good see the artists i want to be like um my favorite artists vary but i it's somewhere between adam hughes and mark silvestri okay those two men can legit draw not just comic stuff but anything and it's so good and i'm like those are the guys i want to be because i just like that more standard superhero right. traditional kind of comic book stuff I, I wish i had the i think this is a whole other skill set that takes real brilliance to know how to do and i just I, i've tried and i cannot i am not any good so i've got i've got volume one and then i've just got a smattering of issues but and he's up to like i think there's four volumes of this stuff out now but oh yeah there it is right there when she <laughs> she's killing the moon <sighs> That is so great. <laughs> Brains and guts and eyeballs and it's the moon. That's yeah, so it's great. It's just so... I, I don't know why it is that I like this so much, but it, the, the story is, is when she was a little girl, she made this wish and she got sucked into fairyland, which is a thing that happens to little girls. <laughs> and, and to get out of fairyland, you just have to do a quest. And so most little girls finish the quest in like a week's time a, a day to a week's time mm -hmm. it's just a simple quest but this little girl can't seem to finish the quest so she's been stuck in fairyland and she's 40 years old and she's still in the body of a little five-year-old girl right and so she's just so fed up with the place and she just wants to get out so there's the moon and she's having an argument with it and then she's just Boom. Uh, you may have sold me on needing to pick this up. Just yeah. that description. I, I think you would really dig this one. Yeah. That's awesome. It's it's crazy. It's And it's so funny because I'm just like, I'm not the guy that would ever draw this kind of stuff. But I love it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I look at Ryan Otley's stuff and it is just so, like, insanely graphically just i couldn't do that i yeah. couldn't even think about drawing like stuff like that but he I, was the first guy whose original artwork i got to see with my own eyes yeah he just started on invincible mm -hmm. and he was a couple issues into it and i'd heard about this invincible book i'm gonna pick it up and the artist is from utah oh he's from salt lake so i did this ridiculous thing i sent him an email and said can i come visit you okay and he said sure like the greatest guy He's like, absolutely, come over and visit me. What day? So he let some random strange dude come over and visit him and his wife at the time. I think he was living in an apartment. He had his desk set up in his front room, I think. And I'm looking at original artwork pages that were printed. Emily grew up right around the corner from him. Really? Yeah, because so, yeah, he was in Taylorsville, yeah, right? Taylorsville. Yeah. And I'm like, this looks so good. I felt so artistically inadequate. And I was, I mean, I, I still am, but he was so good. And, t and he looks at his old stuff and thinks it's terrible, like all right. artists do. But I'm like, right. this looks, it's so clean and perspective and anatomy. And it's not a mess of lines that you're drawing and erasing and drawing and erasing. I was blown away by looking at the original work from a guy who's a true professional. And right. there it was. He's living my dream. <laughs> drawing comic books for a living and just amazing at it. So... But he deserves it. Yeah, he, he totally does. And he's a nice guy. You met him? Yeah, I've met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I briefly talked to him. Like, one time Emily was with me, and so, like, they were talking about the neighborhood growing up a little yeah. bit and stuff, so. Yeah. Anyway. How would that be? <laughs> like, just to get to do art as a career and make good money at it. When you hook up with Robert Kirkman, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Before he blew up, blew up, right. that Walking Dead thing. But uh, that's yep. awesome, because that guy takes care of you. Yeah. The funny thing is my goal was to work at Disney growing up. 
Mm-hmm. That was my thing. And I even went to community college two extra years because they decided to have an animation degree. Yeah. When I was first going there, they didn't have that. And I was just going for a, a multimedia degree because it was the closest thing to animation they had. And they're like, we're going to do an animation degree. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. The year I graduated, they were like, well, we're not going to do traditional animation anymore. They sold off all their animation desks, most of which were actually antiques. Oh, man. Because they'd been there at the company so long. Yeah. The economy was just tanking right then. And I was just like. And I don't want to move to California. I visited yeah. a few times. Yeah. And that's just not the place for me. And so like, I kind of floated around for a few years not knowing what to do. And then I, I ended up going back to school. And I ended up just falling in love with audio, which was kind of a weird thing to happen to me. And now that's what I do as my day job. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I feel just as artistic doing that mm-hmm. as I do when I'm sitting down and drawing. And so I, I feel like I kind of am getting to do something creative, something like that yeah, on a day-to-day basis. And, and I'm really, I'm happy where I'm at, even though it's like nowhere, <laughs> even close sure. to what I thought I would be doing yeah. going up. Because like I decided I was going to be a Disney, I decided I was going to work for Disney when I was like three years old. <laughs> and for a little while, I thought I was going to be a, an Imagineer. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of realized that even though I'd been saying for years I wanted to be an Imagineer, I didn't have the math chops to be an engineer. And so, and then I realized, well, actually all this time, I, what I really wanted to do was animate. And, you know, that realization was like, I don't know, 10 or 12. Yeah. <laughs> so when math started getting <laughs> harder at school, right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing. From the time I was three till the time I graduated college the first time my goal in life was to be a a disney animator yeah and now like i just the thought of that i don't even it's not a thing anymore and i'm comfortable with that well i remember brian kind of putting into perspective for me because that sounds like fun but he's like yeah but you spend months and months and months of time on a 10 second piece like for example like if you're doing a big animated movie like you get this section this is the little bit you work on you're on it forever and it feels like uh, I want to do more than just work on this little piece. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to tell my own stories. Right. So I don't know. And and even all that time it was, I would do comics because that was how I could kind of come close to doing that. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what got me into comics. And then Brian really got me into comics. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I wasn't so much like I liked comics, but I wasn't into comics. Yeah. Until I met Brian. That's why me and him, one of the several reasons him and I bonded so much is we had all these similar interests, superhero comics. We, and we collected them, we liked them and we wanted to draw them. (laughs) So, oh yeah. It's, it's, I've still got every comic that I ever bought. Yep. Me too. Including ones from when I was like little and didn't take care of them. So the covers are missing. Yeah. And like those old comics. So I, I've got Smurfs comics. (laughs) I've got this little digest Superman comic. Mm-hmm. That like they're the size of the Archie comics that they would sell at the yeah, grocery yeah, store, yeah. but it's all Superman stories. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's when I I'd always liked Superman, but that's when I was like I love Superman, mm-hmm. and that's when I became 
Like, Superman's my guy. I was never the guy into Batman. I was always the guy into Superman. Somehow Marvel was always, like I was saying, the stories I kind of gravitated towards. But also, I mean, I read some DC Comics Superman. But I think part of the problem was is that the Superman in the comics wasn't my Superman. That was Christopher Reeve. Gotcha. That movie, that which is an amazing... Just the whole structure of from beginning to end, this was written as a movie and the way it's done. And, like, that's who Superman was. This one in the comics is... A little bit too different, so it didn't interest me as much. Okay. So, but there's no Marvel on, except cartoons, so I had nothing to compare it to. I think what I, I think the reason I gravitated to Superman, the comics have kind of a, a little bit of a, especially like that era of comics, like the stuff from the like 70s, 60s, which was probably the first stuff I read, even though I wasn't reading it until like the 80s. Mm-hmm. But I, for some reason, it was the older stuff that I was, I was getting my hands on. That era, there was just this silliness to it mm-hmm. that I liked. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, I they always talk about how Superman is just the big blue Boy Scout. Yeah. And that always worked for me. I like having a hero. I can see how it would be hard to write someone who's so powerful and, yeah, and that's solve what, all his problems. That's what everyone complains about. So it takes a good writer to create something and I've, that's And I've read some stinkers, to be sure. Of course, yeah. You know, but I've read some weird Batman stories too. Oh yeah, <laughs> right? there's some really off the wall stuff with that guy. Really like... weird Batman stuff too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's comics for Pete's sake. Yeah. Stop trying to take yourself so seriously, is yeah. what I say. <laughs> Somebody was complaining about a plot hole in Endgame, and I was just like, "Here's what you're not taking into account. <laughs> right? You're missing something here. Yeah, it's a comic book." Yeah. Have you ever read a comic book? Take any movie <laughs> and just like you can punch holes into it, but you're not you, you forget, that's all you're but doing, see, you're missing the point. I'm not the person that does that. Right. <clears throat> I'm the person that goes in and enjoys the story. Yeah. There are some times where I'm like this, you know, when it's a big gaping one, but well, uh, and that's the thing, like sometimes it's a sometimes it's a thing that's kind of your thing. And so like anytime I see them manipulating audio on television. Sure. <laughs> right? Because I know how to manipulate audio. I'm just like... That's not how it works. Yeah. I just kind of roll my eyes at it because I'm just like... And especially since usually it's like one of those forensic shows mm-hmm. or they're doing it in some kind of forensics way. And I'm like, yeah. that, that's exactly what I do. It's, it's You could tell some writer who has no idea what's going on about it just wrote some gobbledygook right. and threw it in there to just tell the story. Right. It's just to move the plot forward. Sure. That's all it is. Yep. And and so I that's when sometimes it gets me. I think there's been such a glut of those kind of movies lately that some of them I'm okay with and some of them I'm not. So like Venom I couldn't handle. I still haven't seen it. See, I, I couldn't... Like, I went with... There's a bunch of guys in this neighborhood, and, and we get together, and we go to movies on Tuesday nights when it's five bucks. Yep. And it's one guy that usually organizes it. He's like, oh, we got to go see Venom. I saw it last week. It was so good. We got to go see it together. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And so I went to it, and I was like, I was kind of bored. Yeah. And I think I dozed off at one oh, point. Man. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, wasn't that so cool? And I was like, like no, yeah, I didn't want to, I don't want, I didn't want to get into it. So I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I can usually find something to appreciate in almost any movie. Well, appreciating that's the thing. The like, craft. There was, there was stuff about it that I could, I can appreciate, you know, but I, I think that's my hangup is if the story's not there. Yeah. I can even handle a big gaping hole in the plot of the story. Sure. 
if the story's good. If it's interesting. You know, I uh, there was one movie, a recent movie that I could have, I went by myself and I found myself I'm like, I can literally get up and walk out of this. And if you would have told me before that I would be this disinterested in this uh-huh. major movie and it was Man of Steel. Oh, the new Superman See, Zack Snyder. I, I have hated every single Zack Snyder Superman thing. He doesn't get the characters. He, no. He, he doesn't get DC characters at all. I was like watching this and the trailer looked amazing. Yeah, he does good trailers. So I went to see this and I was halfway through it. I'm like, I could get up and walk out of here right now and not care. And Thor 2 had come out and everyone hates that movie. I'm like, that was an adventurous, that was good. fun movie. I had a great time. And yeah. all these plot holes, bland, boring villain... That was so much more fun than that dark monster of a character where they just destruction porn destroyed oh cities. That that's I oh. oh yeah 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 that was that was the first one wasn't it that, yes okay so here's I was in an audio class when that movie came out and I could get extra credit for going to movies and doing a little write up on the audio that sounds fun <laughs> potentially yeah. It was just a really easy way to get some extra credit. Sure. So I'm like, Man of Steel. I love Superman. The trailers look good. I'm going to go see it. Ah, I was so mad at that movie. Yeah. I was ready to walk out when he said, Perry said it. He said, truth, justice, and all that other stuff. Right. I was... That's I was ready to walk out right when he said that. Because you wanted him to say the American way? Yes. Because that's what Superman is. And I get that. I just Worldwide, that's what he is, though. That's what he represents. Yeah. That's what people want. No, I get it. I know why they didn't have him say that, because it's a worldwide audience. That's bull crap, because yeah. Captain America did fine. Sure. And he's so rah-rah America. Yeah. I guess I see Superman... I, I think they should have kept the line. I agree. But he's he's more of, I'm here to protect the world, not just America. And that's not the implication. Right. right. But his values are based on growing up in small yes. town America. Yes. Yes. And there was no need to take that out. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. It so was like, uh, I was pissed and I was ready to walk out right now. But yeah. I'm like, eh, I'll finish my homework. And so, but then the ma- the end made me so mad. Where they destroy a city Where with they, dubstep. They're just destroying the whole city. I'm like, Superman would never have a fight like this in the city. He would take it out of the city. At least act like he was trying to. Yeah. It, try to. Yeah. You know, people are like, this is modern day world. It's and not this And when he didn't pride. save his dad, that pissed me off. Oh. And when he screwed up the guy's truck, that pissed me <laughs> off. He had to let the dog, the, the, the dog had to let the dog die. You need to, your special needs son over there needs help, dad. Do you know what I mean? The dad was like holding his hand up. Don't save me, son. You've got this kid who needs you. And you're, oh, so yeah. many things that were wrong with that movie, like did not get the character. I think Superman can be in a dark movie, but the character needs to be the bright Superman light. Superman 3? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> not a great movie by comparison to the previous. Right, but there were dark elements in it. But it was him fighting himself. That dark Superman versus Clark in the junkyard. Yeah. Even as silly as some of the other stuff was, that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. So great. That stuff was silly, but like there's sillier stuff in the comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Of course. But you got to make a movie to appeal to all audiences. You can't just go to us nerds. So you got to find a balance. <laughs> but have the character be the hero. Right. For goodness sake. So I was I was really mad at that movie. I was like, this is not Superman. And that's not what the world needs to be. Usually, if I don't like a movie, I just don't like it. And I don't go on and on and on about it. 
I'm still going on and on and on about how much I hate that movie. I, I'm the same way. And I sometimes I'm like, that's just not for me. The only other one that's similar is I could not stand that last, The Last Jedi. Star oh, really? Wars. I saw it in the theater and I was like, okay. But then as I thought about it and then I saw it at home, I'm like, I can't stand this movie. And I hate to sound like that guy because I know that people saw The Force Awakens and were saying that. I'm like, I loved it. I was moved. Like, it was magical. They're playing these themes and Hans reminiscing about Luke when they were younger and the music swells. And I'm literally like getting emotional. I get that it was a retread of the original stories and yeah. there's nothing horrifically unique about it. Right. But I was, it was, there are my characters again and new ones in the adventure. And then this last Jedi, it was like 25% good and the rest of it, I can't. Stand. Really? I hate. I hate to be that guy because I. I hate it when other people are that way. But I right, know. I get when it. a character like it just starts out. Here's Ray handing Luke Skywalker Jedi Excalibur. This is such. A, and the last movie hinged on that. And to turn it into a gag to have him chuck it. It, it turned it into a joke where, in my opinion, they could have the same emotional way to have him just hand it back to her and say, "I can't have this," and carry the same weight because he doesn't want it. Sure. To like. All that weight of the last movie, and mm -hmm. we've been waiting decades for us to see Luke Skywalker, and there he is, and he's handed his saber that he lost in Empire, throws it over his shoulder, and it's a gag, and it's funny. F you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to be that guy. I understand where you're coming from. Sure. But I also loved that moment. Oh, man. <laughs> I loved that moment. Oh, I, I, I did. They lost me there, and there was a... Never retrieved me. Never retrieve you. Okay. Well, no. I, and I can I can respect that. Sure. That point of view. I really can. People that love Man of Steel, I just, I can't see where they're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. And I've heard all those arguments and I get it. Sure. I really do get it. But I just don't feel that way. Yeah. yeah. I loved that moment because the whole theme of that movie, we got to let the old go to pass or go to pasture. I can be on board. Kind of thing. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. that was the whole theme of that particular film. And I, I, I have a feeling they're going to bring it around with the last one. I really do. And I, and I think the last one will make the second one make more sense. And it's kind of like how empire ended. It was just such a downer. Um, yeah, it was, but downer in an amazing movie versus downer in like, what did I just watch? I, I, yeah, but I, I think, I don't know. I know I, that's I, just, it's just my feeling. Yeah. I, I just, I think, I don't know. Well, there was too much time spent with the um, Rose and the other guy who went off on a side mission to achieve nothing, succeed at zero, fail at everything. And, uh, I think that was the point. But I'm like, I would rather be spending time with Ray and Kylo and Luke, who are so much more interesting yeah. in their story and their motivations and what's going on, rather than this giant Las Vegas planet and they just failed at everything. And then at the end, when what is the guy's name? The character, the the, the black guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I'm, yeah, um, this, I can't believe I can't. But you know what I'm talking about. That's the thing that that's just kind of proving your point. <laughs> but he's rocketing that thing and he's going to smash it into that giant laser and sacrifice himself. That, that kind of did make me and she's mad. Like, she smashes him, him out of the way because love, but your buddies are about to die. Yeah, you just kinda, ruined it. That, it could have given him. That would have been a much better. A powerful arc, kind of like an empire. Han had to basically die. Yeah. I, like, I, that's, oh, I will give you that one that because one that one so did rough. kind of upset me. Yeah. That one did upset me because it, it, it was, he was about to be such an amazing hero. Contribute and help and do something good and sacrifice himself for the yeah. greater good. And I'm like, I can't believe I just. And then I, so that burned me out. I honestly don't care for Rogue One. 
I, at all. I, I liked it. I liked that it was different. It, it was like, if it wasn't for the connection to Star Wars, if it was just space war movie, no one would care. We like it, I believe, because of the connection to the past stuff, which is fine. I can't name you any character in that movie. But they have weird names, and I can't name you any either. There is the robot who is the, probably the best part. Right. But then the guy, and then the girl, and all these other characters, and amazing visuals. But you can amazing visuals are simple. And so many people talk about the greatest cinematic moments is at the end with Darth Vader. I think it was a laughable joke. That's just me. It was not the same character. He's waving his sword like it's a fan blocking. Like it. I know I'm, the, I know I'm in the minority. Saying, I'm actually. I was. That's. I'm kind of with you. I'm on kind that of one. in the minority. I'm like. I get what they were going no, for. I'm, but I'm with you on that one. It just. It's, it's like that. It's like that redo that somebody edited online of the fight in the, first, the, fight Star in the first Star Wars. Yes. It was too much. I think if they just put a little bit, condensed it, not to be so dragged out. Yeah, they needed to pull it back. Yeah. Pull it back a little. Yeah. And don't go crazy with the angles to make it actually fit the film style. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was very well made. Yeah. I, Craft was there, but I think you missed the point of the narrative that you were trying to insert it into. So, yeah, I didn't care for the Rogue One and Solo was okay. Yeah, I, didn't, Solo, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. I've kind of burned out on Star Wars. Like, I don't care about no Mandalorian TV show. I didn't watch any of the animated. I don't care about that. No, I wasn't into it. Like, I, I liked the... Jerry Tedekoff, whatever the guy's name. The yes, um, got a hard name to pronounce. Yeah, the, the Samurai Jack Samurai Jack, Jack dude. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I liked those so much, and then they announced that series, and for some reason, like I didn't have cable or something, I couldn't watch them. Yeah. And so I just had written it off. I was just like, eh, whatever. I don't need to see that. Yeah. I saw a clip here and there, and I'm like, well, the animation style is really cool. Mm-hmm. This is way cool. And then I was at a wedding reception and I was talking, not a wedding reception, something like that, <laughs> something church related. There you go. <laughs> so, and there was this uh, kid that used to be one of my scouts when I was a scout master. And he's like, oh, it's so amazing. You got to watch it. The story's so good. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I didn't even finish season one. Yeah. Of the animated Star uh-huh. Wars. Yeah. Because I was just like, it, but... I was just like, I don't know. It's just not. It's not pulling me in. Are you aware of online, the guys, Red Letter Media? Yes. Have you watched their Star Wars breakdowns? Yes. Those were the most brilliant, informative, funny things I've ever seen. Whether I don't know if you agree. I, he said into words like, correct. The dude creeps me out. I don't, I don't get a creep at all because I just watch everything they make because they have where they just talk and it's just them as people. And, but he plays a character when he's doing these reviews. Right. And those, that character creeps me out. He's supposed to. He's supposed to be a homicidal murderous guy. I know that. I know that. And it just, it it, it makes it hard to watch, but I still sat through them all. He's playing a character and, but his breakdown of why, this is why the simplicity of these first ones were good. The magicalness of Yoda and the Force, and then explaining it in all this nonsensical ways detracts from the interest of it. In my, and I agree. I completely agree I, with him. There's I very think George little... Lucas understood that when he did the middle three first. I don't know. Sometimes I think of it. I, I heard somebody refer to it as an accidental. I'm. I think that too. Or an accidental masterpiece. I'm like probably. Yeah. May, I don't know. But um, I don't think he's a great director, having seen other stuff that he's done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... Did you see THX whatever? No. I've never... Never bothered. <laughs> You're not missing much. Yeah. Uh, it's just having something that's so good and kind of it gets diluted and it's hard to make it. I think visually he did something really cool with oh. THX whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I think that's why he was getting so many accolades from it, because it, it, it visually was kind of based on when it was made, the budget that he had, and what he did with it. Sure. It was pretty cool. But story-wise, meh. Well, the first Star Wars is the most simple story on the planet, but he presents it into a new way we've never seen that's so perfect. Well, yeah, it's, it's informed by so much. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's drawing a lot on our... I don't, I don't think people realized that when they saw it, but it was drawing on so much nostalgia that people didn't realize they had. Yeah, I it's think. familiar but new. Yeah. And this is great. Yeah. It's always just existed. came out the year we were born, I think, 77? 76. It's just always existed. I remember seeing Jedi in the theater. Um, I saw one of them in the theater, but I don't remember which. But they just always existed, and they've just been part of your life growing up. And so it's like I, Kevin- I didn't see them all in a row until my <laughs> senior year of high school. Really? That late? Really, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Really. Because <laughs> everybody talked about them. I knew all the stories. Yeah. I did have some of the order of things really screwed up for a while. Right. I think I figured it out by junior high, but I think I was still a little bit iffy on a couple things till I sat. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to rent them all. I'm going to watch them all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I. Yeah. It's like Kevin Smith says in his, his podcast. He's like, these were like, they've always been in our lives. And so they're kind of like friends that you grew up with. And yeah. that's why like, I want to see the same characters now that they're older, not being goofy, strange, or weird. And Han, I think, was great in The Force Awakens. That still felt like him. It felt like the first performance Harrison yeah. Ford's given where he's really trying in a long time. That was Han Solo. Yeah. And uh, Luke was kind of strange. I, You know, there were so many points that they lost. I don't mean to come back to that movie again, but when he went and milked the space cow. I laughed so hard. Well, yeah. And I'm like... But you know what's funny is I'm like, there is a lot of weird looking creatures in the Star Wars universe that are sentient creatures. How do we know they aren't? What if they're just sitting there on the rocks like, oh, dude, here he comes again. Shh, shh, shh. Okay, sit back. He did it. He did it. This is the, I'm like, I get what they were sort of going for, but it was too much for me. I, yeah, no, I, I that's the thing. I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But I think what they were trying to just say with him is he's like, he's done. He's just so yeah. done. And my attitude for a long time <laughs> was, even though I was a young person, in my heart, I was already a grumpy old man sitting on my porch yelling at the kids to get off my lawn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I I can, I know where he's coming from. Yeah. I'm less of a grumpy old man now than I used to be. Right. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like some... There's stuff that I love that I know is technically terrible. And it's probably just because of me watching as part of my childhood. For example, I think Howard the Duck is one of the best movies the ever made. Oh my gosh, I love Howard the Duck. <laughs> it's so amazing. Everybody talks about how awful it is. And I finally bought it. And I'm like... So you didn't even grow up with it. No. You watched it fresh. I watched it fresh. I've heard the complaints like the duck's not very emotive. I'm like, I thought the costume, I got it. He's angry, sad. He's oh happy. My gosh. I, the effects on that creature. I grew up <laughs> hearing that that was the worst movie ever made. It's so not. And it's like the joke in every single sitcom yep. growing up yep. that that was just the worst thing. Oh, I had to watch Howard the Duck on the airplane. <laughs> just like that was the butt of every joke. Yeah. Of, and so I finally, I caught like 10 minutes of it on TV once. And I'm like, that was kind of cool. It was kind of good. And so I, it was like, I was home from my mission and it came out on DVD and I bought it. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd watched it all uh-huh. the way through. And I'm like, this was it's not that bad. Structured so far. It's like three openings. It's like, it starts out like a 
film noir kind of like city scene and bluesy trumpet and then he's blasted through space and there's Howard the Duck and then he's back on Earth and he's getting chased around with rock music. It has like weird three openings and then it's funny and then it's horrible like monsters at the end, that creature like when he's he's in the truck with the girl and he's like, I hurt, need energy. And some of that tentacle comes out of his mouth and his head turns into this demon thing and she's screaming. This is amazing work. How is this horrible? What is wrong with you people? Thank you. You validate me, Richard. <laughs> like, that's an amazing like, movie. But... I know it's on the shelf over there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Right there. Nice. In the H's? Well, in the H's of the universal section. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, you got them organized? They are You're organized. Like, they're organized by studio. By studio. <laughs> Yes. And, and I'm the only person I've ever met that organized somehow. I was going to say, I don't know anybody. I've got a pile of them just sitting on a shelf. And I keep meaning to organize. Why? So these ones in between the shelf are, I just ran out of space. Those aren't organized at okay. all. Gotcha. These ones on the side, same deal. Yeah. But on the shelf, they're alphabetical by studio. Fantastic. Except for right at the very beginning. That's my wife's movies. She just wanted hers alphabetical. <laughs> But you know what? When you want to find one, you know where to go. I do. As opposed to me 90, digging through boxes. 99% of the time. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, crap. What studio made that one? Yeah, and, I, uh, and I can't remember. Most of the time, I know exactly who made it. And I, I did that because it, it goes back to me being a huge Disney fan. I just wanted all my Disneys together on the shelf. Sure. So that's how I decided yeah, to organize them. Well. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so rare to run into somebody. <laughs> Dune, right there. The original. That one I didn't like. Even today, still? is it? It's it's a weird I, one. I didn't see it. It's strange. Like, I probably saw that one after I saw Howard the Duck. You know? I, and I just... I like it for its weird differentness, but it's it's a different... It's a hard one to stomach if you're not... It didn't grab me. Like, the effects are cool, and kind of the world that it's living in is yeah. cool. But, like, just the film itself didn't really grab me. It's got Patrick Stewart in it. He looks the same <laughs> then as he looks 10 years later versus 20 years later, which almost today, he, the man doesn't age. Right. I'm looking forward to the Picard series. We could probably talk a long time about Star Trek. Cause, oh, we could, because I am a huge Star Trek nerd. Me here, too. And Picard, I'm... Again, the, those Red Letter Media guys, they uh -huh. talked about this... You'd be interested. Did you, they do... Uh, I was watching a video the other day of some film person talking about stuff, and something he said made me think that he's the red-letter media guy, and he's just doing something else now. Well, he, they just have their own little studio where they make content on their own. They made, they, they're they incredibly successful on their own, but him and this one of the other guys, Rich, is the guy, and they're kind of the Star Trek nerds. So they sat down when they announced Picard, uh -huh. and the guy, um, Mike Stoklasa is his name, and he I think he's brilliant. He's the guy who does the voice of the okay. murderer on the, the reviews. He's a huge Star Trek guy, and he says, this is my dream come true and my biggest nightmare. Mm -hmm. You could ruin this or it could be the greatest thing. But he sat down and went over what he would like to... He wrote a treatment for what he would like, and I think you should watch it if you get a chance. Okay. I'm like, I would watch that in a second. Uh -huh. This is so great. I don't want... I would, I would. I could tell you, but it's so more interesting to hear him, I think. I'm like, that sounds brilliant. I would love to watch that show. So it almost like... I hope that what they do is more interesting than that idea. Right. I'll even give them a season to screw up. Most Star Treks don't get going until yeah. third-ish. Yeah. At least the newer stuff. Next Generation, the first series season was... 
I still find so much to enjoy in it, but you're right. It feels off. I, I can enjoy it now. Yeah. I can enjoy it now, but that's because I have the development of the characters in the later seasons yeah. to fall back on. Yeah. Because I remember when it came out, I was kind of excited because I watched that show every chance I got. The Next Generation or no, the original, original series? Original series. Okay. Every chance I got growing up, I watched that show. And it was on a lot. Yeah. And I watched it a lot. And so when they announced The Next Generation, I was pretty stoked. I remember telling my uncle how excited I was and he didn't seem interested at all. <laughs> Come on, be on board with this with me. Come on. <laughs> and then I watched the first season and I remember just not liking it. Well, but I kept watching it because it was on just as much as the original one was. Yeah. And so it was just on all the time and, and they redeemed themselves. Boy, season three just becomes amazing episode after episode after episode of incredibly like, that's a good one. That's a good one. Holy crap. Is this all good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas like kind of hit and miss before I'm right in the middle of a uh, deep space nine, which is my personal that's my favorite. Thank you. We're that's best my, friends. That's my Did absolute Did we just become favorite. best friends? <laughs> oh, it's, it's everything I wanted Next Generation to be. Not that they were lacking, but they were episodic one-offs versus yeah. long-form storytelling. And man, and it, I hated it when it started. It was so boring. Deep Space Nine. Really? I'm like, I don't, there's nothing interesting going on for me. Okay. With very few things. I just, I didn't care. I liked it from the beginning. And it, for me, it just kept getting better. Oh, once they finally introduced an awesome ship and I a threat and a I point think, and a direction. <laughs> and I think this is why. I, when I was about uh, 11 or 12, my dad was listening to a lot of talk radio. And so I started really paying attention to politics mm -hmm. at that point. And I, all the political intrigue just did something for me. I get that. So that's... And, and like when they announced it, I was like, how are they going to do a... Star Trek series that's in the same just place. Sit here and they're just going to sit there and are not yeah. going to go anywhere. I, I was really skeptical. Yeah. But then the politics got me. I think the pilot was great. The original pilot was actually solid. Yeah. Like, they always talk about pilots are bad, but that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. But because I, I just, I for the first time, I think ever, just recently, I've started from season one and just watched them all. Mm -hmm. And there was much more interesting stuff than I remember there being, but it still doesn't compare to how good it got. Right. It just maintained through its end. So I've been watching Star Trek with my kids. Yeah. So we watched all of the original series together. Then we watched all of Next Generation together. Then we watched all of Deep Space Nine together. You might burn them out. Is there, are they into no, it? No, they're, they're still in, okay. they're, they're still into it. <laughs> oh, God. Like sometimes when I say, because we watch it when my wife's not home. Because <laughs> not her she, thing. She, well, TV's not really her thing. Okay. So, but me growing up, TV was my family thing. That's what we did as a family. It's kind of we just did a lot of TV watching together. So to, for me, there's a, there's some bonding there. And for her, not so much. But so we watch it when she's not home. And sometimes my middle daughter, when I'm like, I want to watch Star Trek. She's like, no! <laughs> she just goes crazy on me. And I'm like, fine. You don't have to watch it. We're going to. We're going to watch it, though, whether you do or not. Yeah. But but most of the time they're they get really excited. And then even when she says no like that. And she like skips the first half of the episode she and then she finishes gravitate up. back. She'll gravitate back and finish the episode with us. And then when it ends, she's like, can we watch another one? You're like, ah, see, you're just putting on a game. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so we're in the middle of Voyager right now. <sighs> Voyager. Here's the thing. I did not watch Voyager on its initial run. Yeah. 
because it was on channel 14, which we couldn't pick up on our TV. Yeah. But yeah well it was a struggle sometimes. Yep. Yeah. It was like, sometimes it came in, sometimes it didn't. It was just, so I, I didn't ever really get into that one. I'm enjoying it. The best enjoyment that I had out of it was a couple of years ago, I would be drawing. And so I had a little iPad that I plug into a sound system and just have it playing right next to me. And the most enjoyment I got out of Voyager was going through like, here's the entire list of them. And I found a couple that I liked and just watched the ones that I liked. Now, okay. I know that's not great as a fan, but I'm like... And so it made the journey seem more condensed, condensed. and... But way more interesting. Because I just watched what I remember as the good ones. But I felt like they were... I feel like they were scattered trying to find a direction that they could just never could do. And I just come off Deep Space Nine, which I was razor focused and knew what they were doing and succeeded almost all the time. Uh-huh. And so I just, and then I was so mad. Again, you can have something that's amazing, but if you end it so stupidly. See, I don't know how it ends. Yeah, I mean, you watched the end? Uh-huh. I better not say anymore. Because there, there's one thing. you The ship is trying to get home. home. I know that. Which, there's no way they're going to end it on a note like they're not going to make it home, which would have right. been that's pretty, pretty ballsy. But it would have been. but It would have been if they would have just left it. So I guess I, I shouldn't tell you what happens, but what I want to see happen I, I, I can't say anymore because I don't want to. Okay. I, we'll have to get back together and talk about what you think about it because I'm like, I've already kind of tainted it with like, I was disappointed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then Enterprise came on. I'm like, you guys tried again, but See, I think you that, failed. I, I only think. saw a few episodes of that. It was just, it was not on television at a good time for me to be watching television. It was just, I had other stuff going on. Are you watching Discovery? No, I'm not. <sighs> Because it's behind that stinking paywall. paywall. Yep. So my plan is... You could pay for one month and just burn through a month. Right. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yes. what my plan is. Yes. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to get my kids through everything okay, that's and fair. watch it with them. They just The first season was really good, I think, and the second season, I don't know if you've seen any of like who's on it or I've what they're doing. I've seen very little. They have an actor playing Captain Pike. Oh, really? Uh, Anson Mount is his name. He played Black Bolt in the microscopic little Inhumans TV show that failed miserably. That's okay. the only place I'd ever seen of before. But he's playing Pike, which is, and this is set in the Prime Universe. He's the highlight of everything. Because this show is kind of darker and going to more extreme places. And some of the characters are like, People are like, they don't fit in the Star Trek world. But he does. He's that captain that's honorable and, in, and integrity and depth. And they revisit elements from the original series. Okay. The Talosians okay. and the Cage episode. Okay. They get heavy back into that. They lean way into it with like the sound effects in the background. They were straight from the original show. Okay. I'm like, he's so good. And it looks like, because he came onto the ship at the beginning of season two, and they're done with him by season three. I'm like, I want to see him. Yeah. They bring back the original Enterprise. They have Spock. And they nailed it, I believe. I'll be really interested to see what you okay. think when you get a chance to watch it. We'll have yeah. to. My plan is to check it out. I just, uh, since I've been watching everything with the kids, I, my plan is to get to that point with them. So, and let's see. So, we finished the first, we finished the original, then we watched, then we watched the original movies, and then we finished Next Generation, and then we started the Next Generation movies, but I've still got a few of those to go with them. But yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to watch everything with right. them. And, and actually, I forgot that I had the animated series too. I've never seen any of it, and I don't, really? I, I've watched a bit, a few moments on YouTube, and I'm like, 
So here's the thing. It's the the animation's not great. Yeah. The animation is not great. It's it's cheap. Is it 80s? It's uh it's well, 70s. It's, it's cheap 70s. Well, the first movie was 79. So Yeah, it's cheap 70s animation. Right. So it's it's even worse. Right. <laughs> so Yes. Um but here's the thing. They've got all the original voice actors and it's all the original writers and it's canon. Right. I've heard it kind of like it is or it isn't back and forth maybe it depends on who you ask, but it is. From having the original actors is a big step in that direction. Yeah, it's it's canon and and like Uhura's name comes from the animated series. Oh really? Yeah. That's where that comes That's from. That's where that comes from. I did not know that. Yep. Yep. When they used it, that's the, everybody was kind of curious about that when they did the the new movies. They used the name from the animated series, well, there you go. And, and it's like from one episode, <clears throat> even. So, but it's it's really quite good. Have you watched the Orville? I have not because I don't. All I have to watch TV on is Netflix and whatever I can find on for free online. Okay. And so I want to, for all the reasons that people say it feels like a next generation ish era Star Trek show. I wouldn't even say that. I'd say it's basically, I think it has more in common with original series Star Trek. Great. Which I love. Yeah. Uh, it's actually my favorite show on TV. Wow. Absolutely. Who would ever thought Seth MacFarlane, who I love, I, know. I like that man and Here's his stuff he does, but he, like, I like some of the stuff he does, but he's just, he's usually so extreme for me. He just pushes it. Oh, he does. He pushes it to a level where it's just like, uh, he can go pretty far. It's just too much. There's no me. joke he won't do. Right. Right. I'm going to throw yeah. it out there and see if it sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, so like, I was worried. I, I thought it was going to be the family guy in space. That's what everyone was saying. That's what everyone was saying. Yep. And then, um, but I'm like, I, I got to watch it. Yeah. And so I watched it because I thought Star Trek with funny elements would be good. And the funny is there. It, mm. It's honestly there. But it's not, it's not over the top funny. It's like Next Generation had its funny moments. Sure. Yeah. But it wasn't a funny show. Right. It wasn't a comedy. It wasn't a comedy. Orville, to me, feels like what Next Generation would be if the people were less stoic if they were just real people. Not being so precious with their material. Yeah. Like, oh, it's got to have it be this it, Yeah, if, if they were just real people. Just lighten up a little like bit. Like, the guys on the Orville just seem like people that you know. Sure. And that's what I like about it. But it still has that very Star Trek feel to it. Like, it has a very original series Star Trek feel to me. I keep... I plan on maybe picking it up when I can find it on disc or something like that and just watching it. I, I, I'll get to it. It's one it's, of those things. It's, it's seriously... I like... I. I'm bummed that season two is over because I have to wait so long for season three to come out. Yeah. Every week I'm just like, is there a new episode available yet? <laughs> come on, come on, come on. I want to watch this I just, stuff. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I, I all it like discovery I've talked about. I watch it on my phone and this is not the way I want to watch it. Right. I want to watch it on a big screen, but I don't have the ability, the means or the funds to, I don't know. I don't even have internet at my house cause I moved and budget's a big deal. So I just have unlimited data on my phone. So I watch oh. it on this little screen. I gotcha. So I'm good. So I can get it. But I'm like, I'm missing. I want to watch this on a big screen. Like I'm supposed to. Yeah. So I'll catch them when they're on disc and get it all. I think, I think I saw it at Walmart first season at least recently so yeah they're doing that did you watch the reimagined battlestar galactica i did not oh it's because very it's a serious drama though cable <laughs> network thing yeah right and that's why because i just don't we've never had cable yeah and i wanted to because i was a huge fan of the original one has none of that cheesiness it is not there it wasn't the cheesiness that i was into 
Okay. My memories of it as a kid were kind of a serious space drama as a kid from the original series. See, I would get Buck Rogers yeah. <laughs> and Battlestar Galactica kind of... Kind of confused kind a little of confused bit. in my head. They feel very a, similar. As a kid. Yes. But I liked Battlestar Galactical. Yeah. Because, well... There was there was two layers of like I just liked it as a space drama. It was fun. Yeah. But the guys that wrote it were Mormon and so there's all this Yeah, yeah. There's all this stuff in there and you could pick out. And right? I liked that element of it too. There's a planet Kobol, which is like Kolob. Right. There's a lot of things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's like twelve ships. Yep. Twelve tribes. Yep. Yeah, like all that stuff. I, I like that stuff. That was just another layer on top of it that I just enjoyed. Absolutely. Like, it wasn't even necessary, but it was just a little bit of icing. Yeah. I can't really watch the original anymore. It wasn't a huge part of my childhood. It was always there and interesting. The best part of it to me is that beautiful opening music. Mm. I'm a big music fan. And Which I believe I have on vinyl. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but that's yeah. the most I kind of remember about it. But uh... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't on all the time like Star Trek was. Yeah. And so, like, I would just catch it when I could catch it. And so, like, the overarching story I was always a little fuzzy to me. Yeah. And, then, like, the characters, I wasn't, like, really super familiar with them. But I just, as a as a TV space drama, I took what I could get because there wasn't a lot. Not a lot. No, no. At that time. Yeah. Now it's just, like, there's so much and you can't watch it all. So much and, content. Like, some yeah. of it sucks. And Yeah. <laughs> you watched Firefly, I assume. I watched Firefly years later when I bought the series on disc. I didn't see it until years later. I, the, my first expo, ex, uh, experience of it was the movie because uh, the yeah, I think Serenity. I did too. I think yeah, I did too, my brothers who'd watched the show and loved it, and they kept trying. You got to watch the show before we go to the movie. I'm like, I, I was dumb. I was like, eh, it's not Star Trek. They don't have sound in space. I'm I'm a priss like that. This is dumb. I don't want to watch it. I'm <laughs> stupid. And then I go and see the movie. I'm like, that was amazing. <laughs> borrow the show 13 episodes i'm done in two days and i'm yeah. like sad because it's over so my <laughs> my wife had a friend who was moving and was just getting rid of a bunch of dvds she sent me a picture and says do you want any of these yeah. i said i've heard that firefly is pretty good or, and so she's like okay i'll get it i think it cost us five dollars sure we i think what finished it in three days so you enjoyed it yeah so well written immensely, characters and immensely just enjoyed it I, I, it's one of those things. I'm one of those people who are like, can they please bring it back? Netflix is throwing money at everything yeah, they are. in this planet. And everyone's just getting a little bit older. So it couldn't be like, here's the end of the the movie. And then here's a month later. It'd have to be a couple of years later because they're aged. But please bring these people back. Please. Uh, you can't even throw out the movie and just pick up because people died. Yeah. Yeah, it was, fun. it was interesting to watch the movie and these people died. I remember when, like, Wash got stabbed. I was shocked. And I looked over at my brothers and they were all like, what just happened? And then when I got to watch the show, I was like, this is so good. I'm so mad that it's... I'm glad it exists. Yeah. But there should be seven seasons of this show. Yeah, there should be. The whole... Just have a wall of this genius writing, <laughs> perfect actors, characters, and stupid Fox TV station ruined it for him. Yeah. So... Yeah. I just love that it's a Western in space. So great. Some people, That was a problem that detractors had. I'm like, they're on horses, they have spaceships. I don't get it. I'm like, what's to get? 
they explain it to you. There's spaceships, but there's poor parts of the universe where you have to ride animals and till the field. I mean, that's how it would be. Right? It is. Right? Go look at Star Wars. It's kind of the same way. You know? Yeah. It was a Western, you know, especially the first ones. Like, there's these dilapidated planets and people are just scraping by with some technology and some beasts of burden and similar, but very Western. I love the horses and the cowboy element and yeah. guns. and. The- I was like... When was this? A little while ago, I was just obsessed with Westerns. I couldn't get enough of them. I was like, I dig through the dollar, the $5 bin at Walmart and buy like every stupid box set that had Westerns in it. I just like, I don't know what it was. I just, I could not get enough of them for a while there. And I, (laughs) I, I go through that once in a while. Yeah. Where it's just like, I, I need Westerns. I gotta have something. You know what one of the best Westerns I've ever seen is? Rango. I have not given it a true chance. I started watching it and I was kind of distracted and it was not what I was expecting. And having read about it and understand where they were going, deep, hard Western, but with these cartoony animals. Yeah. So I've never given it a chance. It is seriously one of the best best westerns that's what i hear i've ever seen it was just so it was i was expecting some pixar movie yeah no something like that yeah. you know what i mean oh it's an animated show everyone's raving about it and then I'm kind of distracted kids and what is going okay i had to stop <laughs> well and it, it doesn't you're not into the western thing right at the beginning yeah at the beginning you're just like this weird hollywood kind of fear and loathing in las vegas right kind of and you're like what is this going on yeah but yeah it's seriously one of the best westerns i've ever seen that's awesome (laughs) one of these days i'll give it a chance yeah i i i love it i've watched it it's embarrassing how many times i've watched (laughs) (laughs) i was taking uh a 3d rigging class shortly after i saw that film and the teacher was just like that's the most technically amazing film i've ever seen because there's they just do weird things with the characters yeah. That would have made them really hard to rig as a character. Like the gecko, the Johnny Depp gecko. Mm-hmm. His neck isn't straight. It's like, it's got this weird kind I of... Never, I haven't paid attention. It's got this weird look crick in it that's just like... And, and like all the characters are like that. Like none of the characters are symmetrical. Like, okay. Like normal animated right. film. Yeah. Like all the characters have got this weird asymmetrical stuff going on. And it just, and just stuff that would just make really difficult it's like really not just it's a beautiful film it's a great western it's a really cool story and it's not just like a straight western it's got like some like mystical elements to it and and then just on top of that it's just got just the technical ability that went into making it is just so good yeah and just everybody thinks of it as this kind of throwaway kids film but yeah just you describing it like that i just recently rewatched uh steven spielberg's ai okay i'm like it seems to get like a bad rap but what an amazing film it seems to get pushed aside we look at the technical achievement but that thing had i was wrecked i was like emotional at this the concepts and the themes and everyone's like hinged up on like the ending of this movie was terrible but they which i don't believe but it was an amazing piece of work and the craft and the brilliance that went into this and the kid acting well, was amazing here's here's the deal with that one I, I finally figured out why people hate it it's because they were expecting a steven spielberg movie and they got a stanley kubrick movie and they were both working on it was going to be kubrick well and, right and he handed it to spielberg yeah because he couldn't crack it i guess he just it had I, spielberg-ish moments ish it, it did but it was different but i like that he went different yeah yeah it was 
kind of harsh. Yeah, it was. You know? I, I like a... No one's making movies like that right now. I felt like this at the theater lately. I go to see these movies that I should like. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's just a surface film. It's not... There's no depth to it. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot lately. And it's like, it's kind of bugging me because like I used to be able to just, okay, this one's a popcorn flick. I can just enjoy it. But it seems to me like the even the quality of just the dumb popcorn flicks has gotten worse. Yeah. You know, so. It's hard to, and, the older we get, the more jaded we get. I don't well, know. That's true. But like, I say this, like I hated Venom for that reason. You can't do a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man in it. I mean, I'm sorry. Venom's a Spider-Man character. Right. Yeah. And it it just, kind of feels why do it. It, it really, made money though. So. It, it did. And they're going to make a sequel. Do another. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, like that was a film that I should have been able to at least just turn off the brain and enjoy. It sometimes it's just not there, and it just wasn't there for yeah. me. And and that's the one where I was sitting there. And I'm just like, why am I not liking movies lately? <laughs> but then at the same time, I love the entire Fast and the Furious series. Love it. I so I, I love it. I think I started in on part. I've seen the first one, and then years passed. Never saw two or three, and I think four. But I started with five. Okay. How many are there now? Eight. There are. They're coming out with another one, or they're Hobbs supposed. And Shaw. They're supposed. To, well, and that's a spinoff. Like For sure. The the actual one, I think they're supposed to do ten. Okay. And I think they've done eight. I started on five, and I was watching with my wife at the time, and I had the greatest time. Like, the physics on this don't make any sense. They got Dodge Chargers pulling a safe through the city, smashing into cars. But because I understand what they're going, this isn't supposed to be real. It's fun. Right. And I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an amazing time. And so did she. She'd never seen any of this nonsense. We're laughing at the ridiculousness of it. Right. Fun. Fun is good. So here's here's what I figured out about that series. So I saw the first one. I was with Emily. It was while we were dating. And she had dragged me to somebody's house. I don't even remember whose house it was. And I was stuck there. And I don't even remember why we were there. But, like, she had this thing she had to do with this person. And I was stuck there. And, like, they had a PlayStation 2. And they had a copy of Fast and the Furious. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. And I'm like, I heard this movie is stupid as all get out. But I'm going to watch it. And then I was just, like, enthralled with it. I loved it. Car racing culture. Well, and and it's not so much that. Like, nobody does... Remember when we were kids? Every show had car chases in it. Oh, yeah. Every single show. Awesome car chases, Awesome car chases. Not CGI nonsense. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. So, like, I just loved... I loved it. It was years later. I was like, well, I liked the first one. I wonder Let's if give I, more of them I a try. I wonder if any of the others are any hey. good. And like, they were up to six at that point. Yeah. And I just binged them all. They're pretty dang entertaining. <laughs> There's and no they, doubt. Like they kept ramping it up and getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah. But I think what makes those movies good is the family thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes them good. I yeah. think that's why people like them. They're fun. It, it helps. They're, they're fun, but a lot of movies that are just fun and full of effects kind of suck. Yeah. I, I think that added little layer of the family story on top yeah. of it yeah. makes it work. Yeah, I agree. And you got you got to have good charismatic actors and right. Vin Diesel's who he is and you throw the rock into anything and it <laughs> right. kind of helps it in any way. So, yeah. 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 Good times. I mean, even Rampage was watchable. You know what was amazing to me was Jumanji. Yes, that was so good. So fun. So good. The last movie on the planet had any right to be any good. Right? I was like, I just heard it was good, and I didn't get to see it, but I found it on disc for cheap, so I bought it, said, we're watching this, and we loved it. Oh, yeah, my kids... 
I'll come home and they'll be watching it. They yeah. they watched it over and over and over again. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Out of the blue. Yeah. Who would have thought? Like, I know. Jumanji. Okay. Whatever. Yep. Oh, cool. Anyway, we've had a great conversation. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yes. This has been a blast. So if people want to call in, remember that we have the phone number 801-SKETCH-1. That's 801-753-8241. And uh, we've talked about a lot of things, so I'll take pictures and I'll post them on the Instagram, which is at Message Podcast. And if you want to send us a message, but you don't want to follow, call the phone number, you can just email us at pleasepodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks. Thank you. I've had a great time. This all was right. awesome. Sure. I was, I've been looking forward to this all week. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm excited for this. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, catch you guys next time.